1: Hello and welcome back to D5 The Mighty Ducks, the show where we look back at 1994, Disney hockey sequel, D2 The Mighty Ducks. I'm your host, Blake, and on the line I got from Bat Minute, now I'm again. Now, how you doing?
2: Oh, hey, hey, Blake. So let, let me get this straight now from that, that intro. Because I'm still confused from last season. Oh, of course. This show is called D5 The Mighty Ducks Minute. Right, and then so, but this movie is called D two. Yes, the my, but the f- first film is still called D five, and the now they've duck gone duck back to D
0: two. Yeah. The first, and...
1: the first movie was called The Mighty Ducks. That's all it was called. <laughs> right, right,
0: and the third okay. movie <laughs> is called D <D3>. three. <laughs>
1: so...
0: Yes,
2: okay. I'll get this sorted. I'll get this straight in my head someday.
1: <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Well, before we even get into the movie, last year we were having a discussion about the Mighty Ducks being called champions over by you. What's your history oh, with right. the yeah. sequel? The, I think, as far as I'm aware, I had seen
2: the first movie and I had definitely seen the third movie because I remember it was brought in. You know, like at the last day of school, you're allowed to bring in a video. I remember someone brought in like a video, so we saw D three quite a bit. Right. This this might well have been my first ever time seeing this film. Like I, it's one of those ones because like no offense to the movie, but like the story is so cliched. It's like I could have seen it and just didn't like mixed it up with other movies. But uh, from watching, I was like, I don't know if I have seen this. I'm assuming they're going to beat Iceland at the end. But like,
1: <laughs> was... super yes, yeah. But, uh...
2: The the is, that you know, 'cause like, I can see too. Like it seems to have got like um the critical response to it from looking it up online was not all that favorable. But for watching, like I you know as a fully grown adult, I was like I can see why people would have liked this. Though this is like it's still pretty. The kids are still pretty charming in it. You know, it, the the humor is still pretty decent. Like it's, it, I don't understand why it's been uh, it's so heavily piled upon. But uh, I know people. It definitely does have a following. 'Cause like I mentioned, Facebook chat that we had set up, like um. Just like, oh, I'm watching the Mighty Ducks. Oh, but they're down four points. I don't think they're gonna make it through this one and stuff. (laughs) And like uh, Tabitha Carlisle just looks like instantly came in with like, oh, this is a job for the Bash Brothers. A little gift for those two guys doing like the like the hand patent thing. Was like, oh, she obviously knows
1: the film. I I I also think this movie is very USA central. So that might have something to do with why someone like you wouldn't know this movie as well as someone like me. You know. Oh, that may have something to do with it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think it was just it, it might have just been like lost in the mix of the early '90s kids movies boom. Basically, like no, I probably you know did what? come That's across fine. it at some point, but it's like it was just kind of it's like oh, it's this and Little Rascals and all those kind of things are all like ah, it's a big swirling mass of kids movies that you were thro- had thrust upon you back in the day.
1: And you know what? This seems to be a theme this season. It's either people know this movie like I do. Or this is your first mm. time seeing it. Like this is going oh. like, to be a theme this year, so you're not the only one. If it makes you feel better, <laughs> so
2: yeah, well, I did enjoy the uh, the the extra addition of more uh, cultural stereotypes with like, oh. the random Texan kid coming <laughs> in, <laughs> it's like. This was really welcome to see, like, oh, so, yeah, he's just got a, he lassoes people, and he's got a cowboy hat. Like, that's, because he's from Texas,
1: right? Did, did you see I was like, oh, I wonder, when, when will the Irish come in? It was what like a see, win for, like... Yeah, did you see Wawu Mendoza, the, the, the Hispanic kid that had Mexican music playing her earlier
0: in the
2: <laughs> So. I'm just still waiting for, like, a sequel. It's like, oh, my God, like, in, the Ducks Go International. It's like, oh, it's the Irish duck, and he, oh. instead of a puck, he has a potato. When he, there's something, <laughs> like...
1: That would not fly nowadays, though. Like, there are so many <laughs> jokes in this movie that would never fly.
2: Oh no. At all. Well, of course, including the beginning, this whole opening section of this of of these five minutes is yes. like oh, this, you right wouldn't get this it. in a movie now. No. Let's <laughs> Just... get right
1: into it. When we last left you, the um, the, our ducks here had walked into our store, our fancy store that I'm not going to say the name of because it's in my other set of notes, and. They're cheers orange juice. And, okay, here's my first question. If these two old ladies that happen to be shopping here know who they are, why does nobody else yeah, that man. runs these stores seems to know who they are? Like, I don't understand how this <laughs> makes any sense.
2: Well, that's just so baffling, too, because, like, I've looked into, like, like, these these two women, like, the actresses. And, you know, I think they were more like, they must have been, like, friends of people that, you know, of who, who were making the movie or something, because. And uh, they're not in all that much. But, like, one of them is, like, 78 yeah. at this point. And it's like, how oh, do these old old women know PB hockey teams? Like, well, I, I don't know how right. big PB hockey is over there, but, like, well, I wouldn't.
1: This is a different thing. This is a team. This is a – in this world, in this world, this is pretty much their junior Olympics. So it's like, yeah. people are watching this everywhere. So like, I can understand, like my grandma would watch this. You know what I mean? I'm just being completely honest. So I could see them knowing who they are. But it's just weird that the owner mm. doesn't know who they are. Like, I don't understand. They're wearing <laughs> TBU. Um, one of them is wearing a TBU state
0: jacket. Like, <laughs> <you're> not, <laughs> I don't
1: get it. Oh man, so that's funny at its own right, but let's get into this. The, the them showing off clothes. This is so ridiculous. Mm. I cannot believe they did this scene, and it's so long. <laughs> For a while, it's one of the, I think uh, I have
2: kind of vague memories of this. Things like this happening, like uh, quite a bit back in like kids' movies of the early '90s, though, where like sexualization and stuff came into like you know, like oh yeah, like, little, little boys. Like to perv on women, basically. That that's the joke. I remember that movie. What was it with Melanie Griffith, like Milk Money, oh, where yeah, she was like
1: yeah. a prostitute helping out these kids? Yeah, that
2: that's a lot. There's a lot of like uncomfortable things. Like that's it's a movie definitely wouldn't get made now because oh, like
0: no.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's very there's very hyper sexual you know sexuality going on, on screen with these young kids, and it's like, well you know them looking at Melanie Griffith, and it's like this wouldn't fly nowadays but i think uh, back in the early 90s it was like yeah well yeah, that's what that's what young boys are interested in well, like, I'm looking that's the market of this movie so
1: milk money did come out the same year as this movie so there you go oh ah, there fits you perfectly. go it fits perfectly like a few months mm. after this movie this one came out so
0: <sighs> the, this is this is paving this, the way this how the hell did this movie make 20 billion
1: dollars in the box office how the hell did milk money make that kind of money <laughs> sure <laughs> what's going on with it anyway um <laughs> let's get back to this the um the, the, the outfits are so tame by the by today's standards by the way
2: <laughs> oh yeah i <laughs> like think that amazing. that might have been a like bit. The... That would have been the caveat. It's like you can have this scene in, but like they they can't be coming out in like lingerie. They have to come out in like actual dresses and stuff. Like the they're, they're not like getting them in. Like as soon as Goldberg attempts this bikini thing, it's like an instant like get the hell out kind But like I imagine that would have been a studio note of like we'll let it, we'll push it a certain bit, but like you can't push this too far.
1: Yeah, it is Disney at the end of the day. You know, at the end of yeah. the day, they can't go too far. But I, I, I'm watching this now, like, these dresses are so, like, tame. Even, even by mm. Disney standards. But the boys are reacting like they're nude. Like, it's hysterical. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, have they never do, like, seen while a... we dressed women before? Like, I don't understand yeah. this.
2: It's just the fact, too. Like, it's... Cause all the kids are doing like a good job, of but the Goldbergs really like—he's kind of owning the scene. Cause the kids, <laughs> his like jaws dropping. He's dancing along with the music that presumably that like, he can't even hear because it's on the soundtrack.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, by the way, the music. By the way, I was watching this this morning. My wife's getting ready for work, and I'm getting ready to do this. And I'm going through the minutes. He's like, "Is that the Love Shack band?" I'm like, "Yeah, I think it is." I looked up. Yeah, this yeah. Is beat 52 That's- Good That's- stuff. Good. Off the yeah, that was, was actually... Good stuff.
2: So there you go. I was actually
1: very happy. like, When you sent
2: on the movie, I like I, you sent like a, the movie and like a, like, a timestamps, and I was like, I'll watch the whole thing first and then see what minutes I'm doing. And when this came up, I was like, oh, B-52 is nice because I'm a big B-52s fan. Oh, wow. And then okay. I was happy to see, like, oh, these are the minutes I actually got. So that's, that was pretty... <laughs> And I, like I, I had the opportunity, because B-52s are one of those bands that are like, oh yeah, they're, oh, they're, they're done, they're never, they're like, oh, it's the end of the B-52s, and then they're still, like, I, I had the opportunity about two years ago, maybe even three years ago, to see, like, the farewell tour of the B-52s, and it was one of those things, because, like, the tickets were, like, ridiculously expensive, because they're a big, big band, but at the same time, the, I would have paid them, except for the fact that it was in a seated arena, and it's like, you can't go to see the B-52s when you're sitting down. Like, you have to stand up and dance. Like, that's the whole part of the band. It's exactly. like they're a dancing band. But uh, so, like, but the th- thing is, after that, it was like, well, you know, it is the last time you ever get to see them. B-52s are still touring. Like, st- <laughs> they, st- they haven't. They keep saying they're going to quit. And I think even at this point, like, this was supposed to be, when good stuff came out, that was, like, the lowest of the band. Because that was, like, they had lost one of the founding members uh, to AIDS. And then... Uh, the thing is, like one of the big, like my favorite member of the B-52s is like it uh, was Cindy. She had left at this point because she was the bro- she was the sister of that member who had died, and so this was like the band at half mass trying to choke on. And then I think this was the last album for like ten odd years or something. Yeah. But that that entire time, even when they were done, they were still doing the theme tune to the Flintstones. Yeah. They were still doing appearances here, there, and everywhere. And then it came back in the mid two
1: thousands. Like B-52s are still going. You can't get rid of this goddamn band. Yeah, that's the funny part. I, I remember them, from, obviously everyone knows Love Shack and Music 10, but then, when they came back and they're the BC-52s doing the Flintstones theme. That is one of my favorite, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> unexpected appearances in the movie. Like, that was so unexpected. <laughs> and they made a full music video I, I really... based on the soundtrack. It was amazing.
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: I've, I remember being like, because they had a lot of those, well, because it was the Flintstones, they had to have loads of those jokes of like, yes. oh, yeah, you know, the <laughs> like everything was related back to Stone. But then I got really confused as a kid, because I think at the beginning it sounds like, a, it's like a Steven Rock production or something. <laughs> and I was like, is there also, because you could have just said Steven Spielberg, because there's icebergs and stuff back it's in the Stone in Age work. too, a berg would have made sense. But you, I was also like, so is there a Steven Spielrock Maybe it, maybe that is a guy. Like, I don't know.
0: <laughs> that's great. But,
2: uh, that's, that's the thing, though. Is like, uh, for people out there, like any, any interest in uh, in Twin Peaks might be interested to know that um, when like you know, when the good stuff came out, Cindy Wilson had left B 52s She was replaced on in in the touring schedule by Julie Cruz of all people. People yeah. might people might know Julie Cruz is the woman who did like all the music for. You know, all the vocals in the music for Twin Peaks, which is really weird, because, like, she's a very slow, ethereal, very peaceful kind of voice, and everything's very calm and soothing with her. And then to join the B-52s, to the whole point of that band, is like, hey, let's go, we're going, like, belting out these huge, huge tunes. It was such an odd choice of a replacement member, but... They made it work. You see, you can see YouTube videos of her live. Like, yeah, she's, she can belt out the tunes as well. So. well
1: there you uh, go. That's
2: a r- random bit of trivia for people, for the, the Twin Peaks fans out there.
1: By the way, so I have the script up on my screen, and I'm, um, they actually have the lyrics of the song in the script. Like, who did that? Like, oh, <laughs> put the lyrics of the song in the script?
2: <laughs> I guess because so it, it does work very well, because it does have, like, Fred doing that. Exactly. Which is a kind of like, oh, if you're... These kids are getting aroused. That's a sound that sort of works well for that situation, I And it's
1: funny funny if somebody took time to write out bum 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 in the script. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny to me. Like whoever wrote this down, that's hysterical. (laughs) There (laughs) you go. All right. So at this by the way, I just make a note, if people don't remember from last episode, Goldberg's looking for something for his mom. Keep that in mind. Yeah, yeah, it's a, <laughs> that's important information here.
2: I also like the way that at the beginning of this minute too, like they said, like, "Oh, I'm, you kids look familiar," and he, he goes back to this all of Aaron Spelling's nephew. Yes, like excuse, but it almost sounds as if he's he's talking talking about the group collectively. He's like, "You kids look familiar." Like, yeah, we're our, we're Aaron Spelling's nephew. <laughs> like all of them, we're all we are all of you.
1: <laughs> that's funny. That's very funny. <laughs> So, we get to the point where you said that um, Goldberg said, my mom really needs a bikini, and this is where they throw him out, mm. out, them out of the store. Uh, <laughs> if this is now, this is a news story that the kids from Team USA are being thrown out of the store. Like, TMZ is all over this. <laughs> this is real
0: life. So. <laughs>
1: that would be,
2: actually. Like, yeah, like, you, have there been any... Any paparazzi around? That could have been a thing of like instead exactly. of going through Gordon Bombay, it's going like yeah, these little pervert sleaze bag kids have infiltrated the uh, the ladies section of this fancy uh, fancy boutique.
1: <laughs> but no, that happens.
2: I feel out of touch too because I'm like, you know, I, I've never shopped in a fancy boutique.
1: Neither of us. Is that is
2: this a thing though? Do you know if it's a thing where they would have random models? Just on, on cue to be like, yes, you so. want to see – imagine maybe one.
1: I was going to say maybe one person, but not three. Not three. Yeah. <laughs> so I happen to be there to model – fl- I, I know it's L.A. I'm well aware it's L.A. and <laughs> weird things happen to Los Angeles. But I've also never been to Los Angeles, so I've something to do with it. Hmm. But, like, I can't imagine them having three on staff. Come out and
0: do this.
2: Yeah, it's like a like a random fleet of models who are just sitting backstage. It's like, oh, okay, oh, you need three of us. Okay, yep, by all means. And then, should anyone else come in? It's like, oh, you can't try on the clothes yourself, so you gotta make someone else come out. I could, I could almost imagine though, maybe it is a thing because it's like, like, well, these are very, very, very expensive clothes, so. You don't want to try them on in case you rip something or something. You might mess it up. So we have th- someone there to come out and show you what it will look like. Although at the same time, wow, you like... come out with proper models. It's like that's not what you're going to look like in this. <laughs> you no, think you're going to no. look like you with this thing <laughs> on. You're not going to look as good as they, as they do.
1: Well, I, I actually just reminded myself. I just went back to my notes from last episode. And um, the name of the place, by the way, is um Less Habitudes. And it's a real place in L.A. So this is a real place that they base this on. So I would love to know if that's a real thing in this place, you know. Uh, so if, it, if,
2: that, if it's an actual functioning boutique, guaranteed within the last thirty years, at least a few people have come in and claimed to be Aaron Spelling's nephew. Like <laughs> you could not do it if you knew that, to what, that. you know, if you were a local kid and you'd seen Mikey Mighty Ducks, and you're like, that's that place down the road. We should <laughs> exactly. go in and try that.
1: And they're probably so sick of that joke in the last, like, 25 years. They're probably so sick of it. <laughs> it
2: was like a really embarrassing incident where Tori Spelling went in there. And she's like, <laughs> yes, I'm Aaron Spelling's daughter. <laughs> like, get the hell out! And throwing her out in her ass.
1: <laughs> oh, that's funny. I like that. That's a great ritual. <laughs> so, we go back to Gordon on the phone in his office. And I wanted this reference back to our last show because we had Tracy from Verdict ABC's on the last episode. And he he brought up that he thought it was funny that this is a callback to Gordon talking to Karimo Dujabar <laughs> in the last five minutes about oh, the Air I'm Bomb base, <laughs> About the Air <laughs> Bomb base, And he's now on the phone talking about them like this is going to be a real thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of curious about it because. I don't think I picked up on it in watching the movie, but then watching these individual minutes without knowing that's a callback. You're like, what's this whole street shoe thing about? Like, what? what's the difference between a sneaker and a street shoe? I have no
1: idea. <laughs> and the This is a reference back to he's telling Karina W. dabar that he wants to make a sneaker or a shoe <laughs> for children who want to be coaches. <laughs> <laughs> so... I'm more amused by the fact that it's a street shoe that he said can have a pump. Like that's Mm. more amusing to me than anything else. That's such a '90s joke too. Like that's not a thing anymore. (laughs) The fact that when we were in the '90s, we had sneakers that had pumps on them that you can pump them up. I never understood the point of the pump. I never
0: got it.
1: oh man yeah there there are younger listeners're like what are you guys talking about <laughs>
0: what is this
1: So, again I was even
2: talking the other day about um the because over you have the lady shoe which are referred to as pumps right and then you have pumps in sports shoes and this has led to a lot of confusion in my life where I'm like what
0: is this that pump like
2: because sometimes you think, like, oh, a woman's about, you know, putting on her pumps. I'm like, what, like, you're, are you going out to, to play basketball or
1: something? Like, why, <laughs> why do you need for? It? I'm so glad that's not a thing anymore. Like, I'm so glad. <laughs> I have a lovely little kid that would never, ever even think, like, hey, I want to have sneakers with a little thing I can press on it to pump air into my shoe, which I don't get <laughs> looking back. Like, why was that a thing? I blame Michael Jordan. I probably <laughs> blame Michael Jordan for that because he probably started that weird phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this this
2: whole scene though is is weird to me because it's God. like it's so again maybe because you know I grew up like a young like a young boy and the attitude of Julie when she comes in it's it doesn't strike me as in any way realistic because she's so mature about everything. It's like, this is the, what you wish a kid would be like. So, like. She comes in and she's very respectfully saying, like, I want to play. I put all this, I don't know, sacrifice I left my team in Maine. I want to show the world what I can do. And Gordon's been like, well, here's the deal. So we can't. And she's like, I understand. That's like that, That particularly if it was a kid, as we see with the freaking like, with the Bash brothers or something. We'll get to them in that, a minute. We'll get to them. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, they, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't just be like, oh, fair enough, coach, then walk away. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe because maybe young girls are more mature, and maybe they would respectfully take his and go like, okay, fair enough. That's that. That seems like a that's a fair trade.
1: I but like, say, it strikes I me as something. It's like it's thing. almost like it might be a woman mm. thing because I think in this kind of situation, I can believe her character being so like proper earlier, like being very polite earlier in the movie, is polite here and be like, I respect my coach and yeah, his decisions. Yeah. Fine. But I want to say this is what mm. I want. But I, I respect my say. coach.
2: <laughs> I wonder if it's a, it was a script note of, you know, we in the first movie there was loads of wacky kid shenanigans and the oh these 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 mighty books these mighty ducks are up to no good and all this sort of stuff. And even then he had like oh you're Goldberg leading this gang into perv on these models and stuff. And they're like we need to have a good moral child here that good kids point. can act. Actually Use the role model,
1: so Charlie. we have
2: to have one who comes in and actually, is just very, very sensible about everything.
1: Going on your point, this could be the female answer to Charlie because Charlie is kind of our moral barometer because barometer. he's not involved in all the weird stuff that goes on in this movie, he's just That's the right, captain yeah. of the team, and she might be that like female version of Charlie. Mm. You know, so that See,
2: the thing with Charlie later on, he, he does flat-out sacrifice his position because he's just like, well, yeah, this is clearly the better player, so
1: Exactly. By all means, mature. give it to him and stuff. And that's mature. You know what I mean? She's yeah. showing maturity. Maybe that's what this is here for. The female mm-hmm. perspective on what Charlie does.
2: Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. say, though, in terms of... um, you know, There's always a thing in, in Batman where we always link everything back to Batman somehow. Go uh, it. But the, Julie, like she hasn't been in that many other things, but one of the things she was in is Men in Black 2. Right. Uh, she's a, she plays a... I don't remember her from that movie, because I barely remember Men in Black 2, quite honestly. <laughs> and, uh, of course, that movie stars Tommy Lee Jones, who we're talking about all the friggin' time this season, they, no, on no. that minute forever. Yeah. Perfect.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, so they, all, they all ties together.
1: You know what? That what that I did not even think about that when I gave you these minutes. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But there you go, perfect, perfect
0: for you. <laughs>
2: I was even thinking that like, because there's other like, like just in my head because I, I saw you know at the beginning when they had like all the credits coming up, like the cinematographer was Mark Irwin. I was like, I know Mark Irwin. Mark Irwin's like a horror, just, like he's a horror guy. I he's like he's David Cronenberg's go-to cinematographer. He did like The Fly and like Videodrome and stuff like that. And he also worked with like Wes Craven, and he did like oh yeah, he was like the cinematographer on Scream. And Scream has a whole running joke about like you know because they're they're like oh well they make a movie about what happened to the characters in Scream and Nev, Nev Campbell's characters like yeah but no my luck I'll probably end up getting played by like Tori Spelling or someone. <laughs> and then in these minutes they have the whole Aaron Spelling's nephew thing going on. It's like
1: oh my God it's all linking in. Oh, about the small world. at the end of the day, it's just a small little world. We all live in. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so we leave the office. We go back on the street and we have a, a really, really nice little like acapella man playing before me. I like that. I have
2: to I have to ask, okay, as a person who's never been to the u s okay, is the u s as infested with acapella bands as it seems to be on television? Cause I have never, I I can get in my entire life. I have been through university. I've been through. I've been loads of places. I've been all over the world. Well, I've been all over all over Europe at least. Fair enough. I have never seen an acapella band. Am I? I've never seen one on the street corner. I've never seen one under like a college, you know, uh, <laughs> dormitory or something. This okay. the concept of them is baffling to me. It's like because it always seems to be the same kind of clean cut, very dorky looking, kind of like very cheesy sort of thing about I've seen buskers. I've seen people play cardboard guitars in the street and stuff. I have never seen an acapella band in my life.
1: Okay. Well, I have two experiences of acapella. One is the band Home Free, that one that NBC showed the sing-off. They Mm. actually came out of Wisconsin.
0: Oh, okay. I
1: did see them live in concert and that was an amazing concert. So I'll just throw it out there. They were amazing Mm. live. But the other thing is I used to go to New York City all the time and you know the joke that like when you're on the subway and like a random thing would normally like, randomly happen on the subway, do you think it's just a TV show? That's not real. That yeah. does happen. That does kind of stuff <laughs> does happen. Like, I literally, I remember me and my brother-in-law were in New York. We were coming, going up to LaGuardia to come home. And suddenly, in the middle of this, someone just breaks out a boombox and starts breakdancing and then leaves. Like, this stuff does happen. <laughs> like, like, So, when it comes to the question of acapellas, I remember walking through a subway one time. And, like, four people are standing there doing this exact thing.
2: But my my biggest association with it is uh Andy Bernard in the in the the US version of the office where it's a kind of running joke where like oh he's like a Cornell man and stuff. And of course he was part of the a cappella group so he's constantly trying to sing Rocky Rocky Robin and stuff to people and always going on about a cappella.
1: Um well, did you see the show stops that have the um Wait, are you there? happened? Yeah, hey, hang on, it... hang on, Niall. Hang on a second. something dropped out Wait. for a minute, and we came back. So we're back. Sorry about that. I'm not sure what happened there. That was weird. Because I'm about to ask you hey. a question. I'm about to ask you a question, and all of a sudden you weren't there. Okay. So we're okay. Back <laughs> we're back now. Well, I was going to say, do you know the show Scrubs? Okay. Do you know the well, show can Scrubs? Can you hear me? Okay, now. Now I can. Now I
2: can. Thing. I do know the show of Scrubs, yes.
1: Okay. The show Scrubs, they yeah. have the blanks who are in that show. So that's acapella as well. That's something that they do all the time on that show that I realized, oh, that's a real thing they do. I didn't realize that was real. A real band can pull oh, that kind that. of stuff off. Mm. So it, it, it is a thing.
2: Oh, that's right, because it's like, yeah, the the really sad sack hospital that lawyer. Ten, yeah. Yeah, where he's... He ends up with the like Kate McCutchey of all people. Exactly. <laughs> <It's like laughs> a really. It's back in the day, it was like Kate McCucci's is way, way too good, way too good for that guy. <laughs> but there's
1: a little bit of fantasy play in Scrubs. Well, I guess Scrubs has loads of fantasy exactly. plays play going on it. But it's it's by far my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite g- comedy shows of all time. So I love that show. I will reference it any time.
0: Yeah. No. Alright So
1: we, we, we walk away from our acapella group And we have two cute girls walk by And of course we have The Bash Brothers Fulton and <laughs> Fulton and um, Wow I can't think of his name now Fulton and, Oh Portman Portman and Fulton Walking behind them Being Well Them Hitting on them, yeah. flirting with them. I this makes a hundred percent sense for their characters. Like <laughs> there's, there's no argument to me at all. I, this makes sense for them.
2: <laughs> I, I have to say, I found something genuinely nice in in their relationship as well. In that, like, you know, usually with like you know uh, raucous young men, will be like they always have a habit of like you know even affectionately like you know taking the piss out of each other and give each other a hard time and stuff. I liked it like. That, like you know, uh, Foggy Nelson, like Elson, El- yes. Elden. He goes over. He he tra- he attempts a a, talk, like a chat up line, gets deflected. But his friend comes in, and he's just like, you know, that was a, that was a nice try. You know, like he was he's very supportive <laughs> know, that's of him, so nice. even in failure. It's was like, that's a really yeah. nice relationship these guys have got going.
1: Yeah, a relationship that's formed out of nowhere, and now they're like best <laughs> friends. And that's good, though. Yeah. It fits so well. <laughs> like, they mesh. Like, I can't imagine them not being apart for the rest of this movie. Like, it fits yeah. so well. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's even I was I was even having to go back and check. I was like, were they a thing in the first movie? Because I no. remember Foggy Nelson in the first movie, but I don't remember those other kids. It's no, like, oh he no, this
1: popped is- up for this movie. He came into this movie. He'll be in the third one, but he didn't mm-hmm. show up. He's one of the new ducks in this movie.
2: Yeah, yeah. But uh, did you did you see um? So yeah, did a little uh, searching on the the Bash Brothers on YouTube, and I seen they had like a, a more modern interview. I think it was out promoting Daredevil specifically. Of course. But it, uh, it was with, like, you know, Deborah Ann Wool and Eldon Henson, and he was asked, like, well, what do you think the, father, the 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 Bash Brothers will be up to nowadays? And the, 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 I think it's only a little forty-second thing. Did you have the, no, you I've seen it seen yourself? This.
1: I've never seen this before. No.
2: Oh yeah, it's, it's just he's just like, oh, uh, imagine imagine probably teaching jazzercise to like you know forty-somethings. <laughs> Like and that. they're like, oh, you don't think they would have gone pro? And he's like, no, it's chance they would have gone pro. No, no, no. no.
1: They, they're, they're Especially in the pros nowadays, their enforcer qualities would never work nowadays. Like, there's no way. Like, it works then because in the 90s in the NHL, they were, like, heavy enforcers. Like, that's why this works for me. Like, enforcing enforcers were a big deal in the 90s. Now, mm. that doesn't work in NHL 2020. You know what I mean? It doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Like, I remember... Against,
2: I'm, I'm, I'm so ignorant of hockey. I'm just like, I, I'll take your word for it, man. Well, there's, like, I, like, there's
1: two New Jersey, Devils, the New Jersey Devils. I'm a huge Devils fan. Huge Devils fan. And, like, and if you ask a Devils fan, and you say Mike Peluso or Christoph Obiwa, those two are the two guys that led the team in penalty minutes and had the most fights. Like, oh, those are the guys, everyone knows who they are because <laughs> they were our fighters. Like, you know them. Hmm. <laughs> Especially Obi Wan, like the name, I don't I forget a name like Christoph Obi Wan. You know, what I mean? you don't forget a name like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when when you're in a game, when you're out of game, and you see them get into two fights in a matter of like an hour, you don't forget him. You know, <laughs> you just don't. <laughs> so let's come back to these two, and I love the fact that these two are out out of town, and they openly say, "Look, we have a curfew, but we don't care." Like. <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah. These two guys—they're troublemakers. They're up to the, the crazy, the cowboys. You can't, you can't lasso these guys.
1: No, no, you cannot. But the, but really, all they're doing is walking around and hitting on people and getting ice cream. But all they're doing—they're yeah. wrong. Like they're not. Like they're just being them, which is cool. Yeah. I like to, I'd like to hang out with them. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> fun to hang out
2: with. Well, feel they seem—they seem like guys. Like if you were there, if you were their friend. They definitely have your back exactly. in any situation. <laughs> they 100%. seem very loyal, so.
1: Hundred percent.
2: For even for kids, who could have been juvenile delinquents. They're nice. They're like nice delinquents, basically. They got the the those bandanas with the skulls are all for show.
1: <laughs> but anyway, they have matching bandanas now. Like they, <laughs> Fulton was not wearing bandanas at the beginning of this movie, and now they have matching bandanas. <laughs> That's how close they have become. <laughs> <laughs> so then we come up to they run they run up with ice cream and they run into Gordon and Maria the Iceland chick. Mm-hmm. and they go down to one of my, the most quotable lines for me and my friends in this movie is Greenland is covered with ice and Iceland is very nice <laughs> That's, yeah
2: that, that, that' stuck in my mind too like I even wrote wrote it down it's like will never that be seems forgotten.
0: like <laughs>
2: That's almost like friggin' Iceland could use that as a slogan. Yeah. <laughs> Just to be like, get a ding in at Greenland while you're at it. And then also promote Iceland has been well. like, hey, remember Iceland's very nice. Yes. Greenland is covered in ice.
1: Yes. But
2: Iceland is very nice.
1: It's, it's a great it's a great line and you not forget it. If, if there's a, in my um when I was in high school, we I mean, had a history teacher who first day of school, this was every year until he retired. So I've heard this gagged three different times. Um, He'd pull down the map and he would point at the map and he'd ask somebody, Do you know where O Man is on the map? Omen, on the map. He'd yeah. point it on the map and he'd say, O Man is right here next to Yay Men. And that was his the whole gang. Like, he'd do this every year. But I will never forget that because it's so ridiculous that I don't forget it.
0: Like, every year. <laughs> to this day! It does sound like that's a
2: joke that belongs in a Mighty Ducks movie, to be fair.
0: <laughs>
1: he was obsessed with this joke! Like, do it every time! Where it it's became like a joke! Bringing his, his own
2: the- map everywhere. <laughs> it's, like- it's
1: in the yearbook! It's in the yearbook under his picture! Oh man. it's amen! <laughs> <gay> like,. <laughs> That's this me Imagine of. like any
2: any at any party, he's like, Oh this place is dying, just pulling out a, a folded up map from his pocket. Where we go, slamming it down the table. Where do you see this, folks?
1: <laughs> oh man, so that was.
2: That... Well, I was going though that the her point stands though, because like my main memories now of Iceland, I've never been there. I know people who have, and they say it's like, oh, it's lovely, but it's insanely expensive apparently over there. Fair enough. Like everything, I guess maybe could you know for tourist trade or whatever, they just said like, oh, you could. It's nearly impossible to live there because everything's so expensive. But uh, my my main memory of it now is knowing that um, in the lull between Batman movies, because of course had yeah, Batman and Robin killed that you know effectively killed that franchise for like uh-huh. eight odd years or so. Uh, when they were So the build-up to Batman Begins coming out was like, oh, gathering every bit of info you could about it. And I knew they were shooting in Iceland. And they're like, oh, yeah, they're shooting in Reykjavik and stuff. I'm like, oh, man. And the big scenes they were shooting were Bruce Wayne and friggin' uh, Henry Ducard, L- Liam Neeson's character, um, fighting on the ice. So <laughs> it's like, well, now I'm always going to associate Iceland. Oh, yeah, the place is covered in ice. And friggin' Bruce Wayne fought a guy <laughs> on an ice bloody lake. Like imagine now, like that, you know, the writer of the Mighty Ducks too, sending Chris Nolan a, a, a note saying, "Chris, Greenland is covered in ice, <laughs> and Iceland is very nice. Get it straight in your head."
1: I You're killing the this, tourism over there. I taught the kids this twenty years ago. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: this is oh. like, the fun, like That's why it's so expensive. Like, no one ever goes there because they think it's covered in ice and. Like, <laughs> So it's, you know, they have to charge tourists extra because there's no one coming here. That's and funny. it's all down to goddamn Chris Nolan in this Iceland.
1: Oh, man. That's fantastic. That's great.
2: <laughs> but then.
1: All right. So <laughs> she um, pretty much dropped the fact that he she knows he's from Minnesota, which should have raised immediate red flags. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> should have immediate mm. red flags. But apparently she she covered, her, covered herself by saying she asked around You know, to her coach, who knows everything about him. As he clarified earlier in the movie, he clarified this. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, Uh. Yeah. Although, again, I'm talking about, like, oh, public perceptions of areas. Like, she's saying, I imagine it's much like Minnesota, where you're from, referring to Greenland. And it's like, my knowledge of Minnesota is Fargo. So I think Minnesota, yeah, the place where it's, like, snowy all the time, like in Fargo. (laughs) So apparently uh, Minnesota's also been suffering under this... uh... Misapprehension of people thinking like, no, Minnesota is very nice.
1: Okay, Pennsylvania
2: is covered in ice. uh,
1: Yeah, I live in Wisconsin, which is four hours away from the Mall of America in Minnesota. Trust me, it's cold in Minnesota. (laughs) Like, let's just be honest here. They have, I have a, I have a bunch of like podcast friends in Minnesota. It's cold there. Like, let's just be honest. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh
1: man. So the they have this conversation, and we cut back to uh, our bath brothers looking on like wait what are they doing together like hey, this is back to their loyalty thing you mentioned earlier the loyalty thing they're very mm. very loyal to Gordon and they're mad at him for this date do they have the right to be mad at yeah, him yeah. for this date
2: I think maybe in in your you know competitive it's all about the team child mind yeah, you'd have a problem with this. Like, if it was, you know, someone of the age of, like, 16-plus, they'd be like, oh, hey, f- you know, fair play to going Bombay. Like, he's uh, he's working his magic here. But, like, yeah, if you're younger than that, you might be like, wait a minute, he should be, this is all about the team, goddammit. Like, wh- what's he doing sleeping with the enemy and, and stuff?
1: It's a valid point. It's, it's interesting because I know that it's one of those things where, when I was younger, I understood, like, okay, they're pissing him. Now looking at him, like, he's just on a date. He's really not doing anything wrong. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. He's, I, he's not. I mean, even if they went and hooked up, who cares? Like, it doesn't affect anything. You know, it doesn't even mm. really affect the plot of this movie, except for like they get pissed at him. You know, like, don't understand. What that I'm seems like I could
2: have been. been like the plot of a Mighty Ducks movie would be that there'd be a situation like this, and then like Joshua Jackson would fall in love with a rival team member or something. Like that would have been. The the that could have been the crux of the movie, and it would have been fine. Now, like, oh, you can't sleep with the enemy because like that's the other team. You're supposed to stick with us. We're talking stuff.
1: It with a player and a player, I almost see the it being more dramatic as an issue. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but not coach. That means and the they would trainer. actually
2: have to. they would have to actually be like in physical altercations on the ice together. Exactly. Where it was like, yeah, are you pulling your punches because you know you're you you like this person and stuff? And
1: see, that would yeah, be it a seems good like, story. That'd be an interesting twist to a story.
2: Yeah, yeah. But yeah, this is just sort of like well it's the big notable thing about this scene for me was it's the last we see of uh, floppy haired Gordon for a while. Like yes. he's he, he 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 turns from Gordon Bombay into Gordon Gecko in the next scene he's coming in <laughs> like with the like with that the that slick one. back hair and stuff.
1: I
0: like that. That was
1: good. <laughs> um so let's do that. Let's cut to the locker room, he walks in to the locker room and the reactions of the suit and the hair and like <laughs> This is Amelia Bestevent going to an award show. Apparently, um, <laughs> that's what's going on here. I,
2: I, it's a, it's such a nineties, well, late eighties, early nineties style too, because it's a real, it's full, it is Gordon Gecko. It's a full on yuppie, kind of look. Like it's you know, the, that the slick back hair, but it's a bit too long in the back. Where it's like, yeah, you need that kind of trimmed up a little bit. It's very patrick Patrick Bateman esque. It's a bit, you know. Um, I'm trying to think. It just it strikes me as such a, like, yeah, it's the it's also the sign of someone turning evil, I guess. Because they got rival right, well, the Iceland coach, his hair is scraped back into this yes. goddamn head to show how how much of a malignant force he is. So that now Gordon's got the hair slicked back, it's like, oh my god, he's turning he's turning into that other guy.
1: But, no, I I give Averman credit because Averman is just given the one-liners. He's always given the one-liners. <laughs> and, and I don't even understand why this joke is funny to me, but it makes me laugh. Averman, nice jacket. Did you get two pair of pants with that? Like, I don't even know why that makes me laugh.
2: <laughs> I would be more like, well, I was going Bombay. You, you think he could be like, hey, you should not be smart-mouthing your coach in front of the team. Like, that's, that's not good. But I'd be more like, Averman, stay behind. Explain what that joke means to me because I know from your delivery it was a zinger, but I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, is this a reference to like, like a Marx Brothers routine or something? I like, don't what what know. is this?
1: Thing? I even tried to look it up, and like, all I could find is people saying, "Should I buy two pairs of pants with a jacket?" Like, that's all I could find. Like, is that a joke? Like, is this people asking about shopping instructions? Like, I have no idea what this joke is for, and why it makes that's me a... laugh. You know, because it's Averman. It. It's because it's Averman. That's probably why it makes me laugh.
2: I think it's also, too, it's got that thing of, um, again, maybe because, you know, little kids would pick up on this more, but, like, particularly, I think the the minutes we covered last movie, Gordon Bombay was a guy who was, like, a high flyer who was, like, he was driving a friggin' limo out onto the ice and stuff. Like, that was the kind of guy he was. So, the idea that they're seeing him in a suit with slicked back hair is, like, oh, my God, what the hell's happened here? To me, it's just, like, yeah, he's dressed up a little bit because he wants to look good because I guess they're going to be on TV and stuff, so he's put on a smart suit. And he's just, he's tied himself up a little bit, like, what's the problem here? But they're like, oh, it's like he's betrayed everything we ever knew, even though when they first met him, this is the kind of guy he was already.
0: (laughs) I know. Um,
1: What's funny is, you're right, because every game, for some weird reason, is on television, as we learned earlier in the movie, because they have, like, a massive, like, play-by-play announcer, which I'll probably get into more in the next episode. But the... Him being all dressed up makes sense, but it doesn't fit him. I think that's why they're used to him wearing his, his like Team USA jacket on the bench. Like this is not him. Yeah. At all. <laughs> <laughs> they're used to a certain style, and it's just not him.
2: Hmm. So again, though, yeah. if the Bash Brothers like if they were a little a little older and a little more like, even though they were guys out, they were trying to they were trying to hit on women. But you think if they were a bit more like of kind of players or whatever. I'd imagine them looking, and seeing going Bombay, and all dressed up after they'd seen him out on the town with a woman. They'd be over going like, "Hey, coach, you dressed up for uh for, for your lady friends? Is that Seriously? what's? Uh, uh, you trying to look good for uh? Like you trying to try like they'd be they'd be giving them, like a gentle ribbing about it, but they'd be like,
1: "Hey, you're, you're looking sharp, man. You know you're looking pretty good,
2: but is it to you're not trying to impress us? I hope and all those kind of things."
1: Well, but, they they do drop a... lines. They do drop lines because they ask him how his night was. And he, and you know what's the funny part about this joke to me is, this whole conversation to me is, is he could not be, he could be like, I'm not lying. I watched some TV and got to bed early, you know, with the Iceland shit. Yeah. Like, I could have done that. Like, that's not completely <laughs> believable based on what he's saying. <laughs> but um, they call him out on the ice cream. He's very confused. Like, how do you know that? Like, how <laughs> do you know where I was now? <laughs> <laughs>
2: The pyramid. You think yeah. But uh, but uh, does any point does Gordon ever have a kind of realization of like, I was at, yeah, I had ice cream. I was out with the Iceland woman. Is that with they? Uh, oh, they feel betrayed. Like it does. It never comes up again in the film. as, as far as it I does. can recall.
1: Oh, it does game. come up oh, after sorry. the game. they have a big fight about it. So that that'll come up later. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it comes up fair after enough, the fair. Iceland game. So, they have a big, big blow-up about it. So, But at least, to their credit, it's it's after the game. Like, it's not now. Like, they don't want to, like, have a big yes, fight yes. in front of the team. Like, let's not do this now. We have a game. Like, we don't want to have this mm. fight now. But well, we will talk about it. <laughs> so, it's, I mean, maybe, it's, it's a
2: It's a nice sign of um, maturity of the character since the first movie. Because, like, oh, those, those rough-and-tumble early, early ducks, they might have gotten into it before the game. But and maybe they now they know, like,
1: they did, yep. if you remember, they did. So, mm. in this one, though, Averman, he's not done with his ridiculously weird one-liners, because he rolls in, <laughs> and he just comes, look at, nice haircut, would you lose a bat? <laughs> <laughs> wow. The
2: thing that annoys me about that is, like, it's not a haircut, it's a hairstyle. Yeah, he hasn't cut anything. <laughs> it's more like, he's got too much hair, is the, is the problem. It's like, it's... Because it's now it's, it's kind of rat-tailed in the back, and then like horrible kind of mat going down the back collar. But um, yeah, just, that, that, that as a, as a quip slightly irked me because it's like, look,
1: man, it's a say nice hairstyle. That's all you have. To, why why haircut? It's I don't happy. know. Well, I, I do love how Gordon does roll his eyes. Like, Averman, stop. Just stop. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm used to you. I'm used to you making wise-ass comments, but, like, come on now. Like, come on. End it. <laughs> so, let's go to the ice. And, okay, this this whole gag, I remember... Seeing this, I was looking at this, I trying to find this on YouTube, and apparently it's not on YouTube anywhere. I remember watching Disney Channel when I was a kid, and this movie was being promoted. And this gag of the two of them, Averman and Goldberg, interviewing themselves on, like, a fake pregame show. I remember seeing on Disney Channel on the hype for this movie. Like, I remember this, but I don't know where like and this? why. Like...
2: <laughs> was it I'm assuming it, was a, it wasn't like just this clip. I'm assuming they did like a whole range of other clips of well, they, them doing different stuff. I remember
1: them airing this. They put the clip in, and then they cut to like behind-the-scenes stuff for the movie. But I don't remember what I was watching that this happened in, because I can't find it anywhere. Like I don't understand what this is. But I love it. Ah. I love this bit, though. Yeah, like, but... The two of them are so funny.
2: No, there's, there's actually, this is a, one of those bits like I can see why people would, would like this movie and find a it charm. It's like, yeah, these, are, these kids are good actors. They've got a good rapport going. And this is, like, it's just very natural. It's just like, yeah, there's two kids messing around. And it's just like, it is funny. Like, it's just like they just, they've just got the, they got good timing. The, the material is not great, but it no. is just like, yeah, it's just like these like, like, likable characters just doing likable things.
1: Yeah, on paper, the material's terrible. But because it's Averman and Goldberg, <laughs> they're making it funny just on their mannerisms mm. and and Averman talking into a, a stick like it's a microphone like it's so <laughs> over the top and like Goldberg being overconfident like there's so much to this work so well <laughs>
2: is this actually in the script, though? Because this, this is the kind of thing I wouldn't be, I would have been surprised had it been, like, oh, this was a bit of improv that the kids were doing. And I, they're like, I, that was good. Put that, put that in the movie.
1: Again, I don't know. If I don't have the official script. I have the one that was typed up. I would be. I would think the two of them are having some fun backstage. They're like, do mm. that on the ice. Do that on the ice. I could totally see that happening yeah. with the two of them. Or the, this, these kids have been together for almost two years now. So it's like they know each yeah. other really well. Yeah. <laughs> like, you no, know, one's hmm. funny, and these two are just having a good time. I I just paused it at the point where Goldberg, there's not a real camera in their world in front of them, and they're doing this bit, and he waves at the camera. Like, <laughs> he's yeah, it's real people. It's even,
2: <laughs> it's even like in the build up, he's doing good, like you know, awkward been interviewed face where he's kind of like it doesn't know where to look because he doesn't want to look directly at the camera and stuff. Like exactly. it's a, it's a good performance. <laughs> but yeah, this would have been like a, I wouldn't be surprised if he found out like this was like a Oh, these kids used to do this to like to get into character. They used to like jerk around with each other in as Goldberg and Averman, and then the director was like, "This is yeah, you know, this is good stuff. Go out and do that on camera for us." And like, we'll, yeah, you know, we'll cut out a bit of it, and then and stick it in the movie somewhere. And There's like yeah, there's like thirty minutes of footage of them just kind of goofing around, doing various little things, and they're, like yeah, put a little we'll snippet of it in the movie there somewhere.
1: I was real. I should reach out to. Um, here. I have his. I have his email address. I should reach e- out to him and ask him that question, and see if that's oh, yeah. true. I, I I never even thought about this when I interviewed him. I should have asked him that. So I will have to reach out to him and ask him that question. So can you
2: also ask him what the the, the jacket and super pants joke? Is? <laughs> I have
1: too. That's ridiculous what that joke is! It's so
0: funny.
2: Like imagine so, he's just like, you know what? On the day I didn't even know what it meant. <laughs> like, <laughs> but the screenwriter was behind the scenes, absolutely like. Psst slapping his fist on the table laughing so hard.
1: Oh, man. So the two of them go back and forth. They're, in, they're doing this fake interview with a hockey stick, and you're like, oh, just looking around. And the referee tells them to, to play hockey, and he cuts the camera like it's a real camera. And it goes <laughs> to the nice fuzzy screen. <laughs> I love the detail of that. Like, it's such a great detail you did not have to put in. Yeah.
0: yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: There is zero reason for that to be in there, except that it's funny. Like,
0: <laughs> mm.
1: <laughs> So, we start up, we are doing the Iceland game, and we don't get the whole spiel here because we're going to do that. Again. We have Iceland twice in this movie, so there's no point in doing the whole spiel, you know? Yeah, yeah. And... Let's get the...
2: I like the way, again, in like classic kids' movie fashion... They like, well, let's simplify everything for people. So, like, yo, know, the, the the good team, they're in the USA flag colors, and the bad team are all dressed black, just so you know that they're the bad guys. <laughs> in case it wasn't clear from the fact that, like, the the coach looks like he's Satan incarnate, like, that's- <laughs> make sure the entire team is dressed entirely in, from head to toe in black.
1: We've been discussing this whole show that this is pretty much them doing the miracle on eyeline. line. But Iceland is in the place of the Soviet Union. That's pretty much what we've been saying since the beginning, <laughs> and that's what this feels like. It feels like they're setting up the infamous Soviet Union USA game at Madison Square Garden, that the the Soviets yeah, destroyed well. USA, and that's what they feel like they're setting up mm. here. So, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: So, it, it, I reference that because I love the movie Miracle, and I had that movie like I love that movie, so I always referenced it here. But it feels no. like. Yeah. <laughs> It's like we're we're going to like do exactly like they did in the Miracle of Nights, except we can't do a pre-tournament game. So we're going to invent the double elimination rule so that we can do (laughs) the Iceland destroy TBUSA game (laughs) and Mm. not knock them out of the tournament. You know what
2: I mean? So I was thinking again too because I'm just so I'm just not i'm not a sports guy so like i was just going with all of it once it's just like you're we're one we're one game away from elimination and stuff like i don't know if that's the way it works
1: well the, they set exa- up the rules they set up the rules for this tournament like they they went all through the detail beginning of the tournament to explain the details like we're going to do double elimination so you can lose once and you're not out mm. but if you lose twice then you're out yeah, of the tournament yeah. And that's fair. At mm. least you explained the rules. Like I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. You know, it's the rules of this tournament. Fine, mm. I'll go with it. I mean, like I, yeah. I, I watched. I've, I've sat through. Good.
2: Oh no, no, it's just Because I've, I've sat through, like, uh, like I'm not sports, I'm not a sports fan, but I'm, you know, because of the the cultural ginormity of like the World Cup and stuff, I've sat through games and and whatnot. And I'm still always, like, sometimes people are like, oh, yeah, if, if, if this team loses, like, two more times, they're out. It's like, I oh, don't you know how you're keeping track of, like, how many points you need to be to get through to this level, this leg of the tournament and all this kind of thing. So I just always have a kind of very, like, just, yeah, I understand that they're still in and, um, they're still in the tournament. So <laughs> and, and now things are tense because With things me, are
1: tense. I'm not a big soccer person, but I do watch the World Juniors, which is the hockey equivalent. Of all that in yeah, December. Yeah. And it's like a week and a half long tournament at the around Christmas time. I look forward to it every year. But the cool part is like all the players in this tournament will be in the NHL draft in June. So I like to do it that mm. way. So it's fun. But like yeah, yeah. the way that a tournament works, it's international it's a round-robin, but it's a system, and if you have to follow along, and it's really cool. It's a lot like the World Cup, where it's like there's a point system to it, and then, like, the number one and number four play each other in the next round. Like, it's really cool. Like, I like that tournament, and that's what it reminds me of. You know? Hmm. Like, details.
2: <laughs> but, like, it's like, you're, you're calling me out, Blake, in fact, like, they explain the rules at the beginning of the movie. It's like, all right, all right. I wasn't paying attention enough to pick up on the fact that they told you exactly what you needed to know. <laughs>
1: They did that
2: for. I'm just sitting year. here like.
1: They did that for people like you.
2: People, yeah, people <laughs> like me. It's just like, a, like, what the hell's a double elimination? Oh, why? They only got one game left. What's going on?
1: <laughs> they they thoroughly explained this earlier. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's like in the last. And me making movie, fun of
2: like the fact that like, oh, they had to dress the bad team all in black. because like if they weren't dressed all in black, I would have known they were the bad guys. So, <laughs> like was, who are we supporting here?
1: Well, the funny part is like last ge- last movie, they purposely gave us a two minute explanation of Hans and Gordon at a chalkboard explaining the standings. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is why this is happening. Like <laughs> this whole like two minute sequence to explain why this is important. This <laughs> is like... <laughs> To be fair, though, there's still a
2: lot of things like uh, even in speaking of like Gordon Gecko, like I don't understand any of the the mach- the machinations of Wall Street, but I get Wall Street the movie because it's like well you understand that like oh yeah Bud Fox is screwed over Gordon Gecko at the end and he goes over and he punches him in a park and stuff. So it's like yeah I understand enough to be like the bad thing has happened. He's beat him at this. But if you ask me to explain, you know, Blue Star Enterprises and why these stocks <laughs> going up and all this kind of crap, I'm sure in Wall Street they probably do lay it out for you. It's like this is what this means. I was like, I have no idea what this is. Like I just, I just is. know Michael Douglas is mad at Charlie Sheen now, and Charlie Sheen's won because he's the the good guy, kind of.
1: All right, so we we start with the game, and we only got about, got about a minute of what's going to be like a four episode thing. Like this is going to be a long <laughs> game. But the first thing that happens here is Portman runs into this one player. He hits, the, he hits the ice, and it's literally a check. There's nothing to this. But the referee took this as he provoked yeah. him, unprovoked. He ran into him unprovoked, and mm. that was it. And he threw him out of the game. I'll be like, this. That's the dumbest thing that happened in this movie. Like, it's about the dumbest thing. <laughs> like, there are so many ways. If you, you think want Portman a... out of this game, there are so many ways to do this. This is not the right way to do it. <laughs>
2: You think maybe they could have done a thing like? I suppose maybe they, they... you know can the can the Iceland can the dentist can he have some sort of like maybe he had sway over the referee or something? He slipped them something. I don't
1: know. Maybe there's
2: a bit of bri- corruption going on behind the scenes of the of the, the hockey league.
1: Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's just so strange. It's, it's it. it like, there there's so many things that the Bath Brothers get away with in every other game, and this uh, <laughs> he, he barely hits him, and he gets thrown out of the game. Like he accidentally hits the referee, but like, <laughs> hmm. like that's weird. <laughs> they throw him out, and rightfully Gordon's pissed. You know, mm. rightfully I can't blame him. It's three like seconds in. Like I can't believe. Yeah, him. yeah, he pissed. Yes.
2: I, w- so, I will say, highlight of this whole movie for me was Portman behind the scenes now, like, tearing the locker room apart. Because <laughs> he's like, it's like he's almost got, like, supernatural strength. He tears a chunk off a bench at one point. I know, the adrenaline, like,
1: the adrenaline yeah. of Portman back behind the scenes for the next, like, 20 minutes in this movie. <laughs> it's
2: it's like his actions behind, you know, is. Actions in the locker room was like maybe he should have thrown him out because he seems like he's a bit of a psycho. Well,
1: he's 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 really pissed off apparently, and I would love to know like which who who is what like who is he punching like what face is he punching when he's punching random stuff in the back? <laughs> like whose head are you taking off when you're pulling off that bench? Like
0: what are you doing?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we end it on a Iceland breakout. And, um, Goldberg flapping like a dead fish. And we will talk about it in the next episode. Because <laughs> that is where we're going to end things. Because they don't even score a goal yet at the end of this. So we'll get into mm-hmm. that in the next episode. Um, <laughs> any other thoughts on this movie before we wrap things up?
2: Uh, no, I think uh, I think I said everything. I need to say about the uh, D2, the Mighty Ducks. Um, no. I was a, like, you know, I was like, you know, again, 32 year old man coming to it for what I think was the first time. Uh, I thought it was fine. I thought it was a pretty good, you know, you know, it's not, um, it, it's not beyond cliches or anything. There's like a lot of things in it that were, you know, very memorably spoofed by like South Park years later and stuff. But at the same time, it's like, hey, if it works, it works, you know. I could, I could, I could see why these things are popular. Because, like, yeah, it's just, you know, good good acting around. The kids aren't annoying. They're actually pretty good, like, charming kids and stuff. Emilio's giving it his all. Like, it's yeah, I could, I could, I could see the I could see the appeal of it anyway.
1: Fair enough. And um, I will say next season, I can't wait to see your reaction to a movie you know you have seen. Like, next year. Yes. Like, next season.
2: <laughs> I, I can remember one scene of that movie, very well, two things very distinctly. Uh, I can remember that uh like this one montage with this song that goes whoa because whoa, 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 I remember people used to sing it in school all the time Fair enough. and then I just remember Hans constantly going like as, I think I still actually quoted like Hans going that's my next he, like, <laughs> as he's listening to the game on the radio I remember that, that I was
1: amazing.
2: I was actually baffled though as this one again it was one of those things of like you know, I'm assuming maybe just Josh Ackland wasn't available or whatever, but it's like, why didn't they just say this was Hans? Why did he have to be like his his brother or whatever that we've never seen before, but he's exactly the same character. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. no Thank difference. You. The, the, according to the storyline of this movie, Han is in is is in the home country. That would never say what country that is, by the way. <laughs> in the home country, visiting their mom, who she likes him more, and yeah. Jan. Who apparently was in the background of the whole first movie? <laughs> we never saw him. It's okay. It's like Charlie seems
2: to like really. They all know him. It's like, why yeah. yeah, did you just say that this was this was Hans? Like, why well, kids aren't going to care that it's not Josh Ackland? You
1: could say and and it's, it's the same guy. Now. And we would have made fun of it now, you know. <laughs> hmm. But like, yeah. But at not... the same time, it's like
2: you know, friggin'. Ter- Terrence Howard turned into Don Cheadle in, in, in the Iron Man movies. Nobody better than I that's that. So why? So
1: true. <laughs> like... All right. So, Niall, well, why don't you get your plugs in? Go for it. Keep in mind, this is not going to be posting until uh, y- May. So there you go. Just so you know.
2: Oh, well, this, because, again, we're doing, like, uh, I'm from Bat Minutes. We're covering the Batman films from 1989 up to and including and possibly beyond now because we're getting close to Batman and Robin. It's like, what are we going to do after that? We may continue on into other films. Uh, but um, we're currently covering Batman Forever, so we've got two full seasons, 89 and Batman Returns, completely done if people want to tear through those. And um, because we do it three minutes at a time, so it's three times a week. Um, But it's, like, it's one it's minute by minute, but we post three times a week. We'll, by May, we'll still be knee-deep in Batman Forever. We'll still be going with that season. So Fair enough. Um, I think we're, I was saying, actually, we we're recording it. I think we're, like, 50 minutes in now in the recording. But it feels like we started recording it, like, last week. It's, it's <laughs> season's go by so quickly. But at the same time, the episode's coming out, it's just, like, it's so weird. that you're like, oh, that seems like that was ages ago. But also feels like we just started the season. But with these episodes we recorded ten weeks back are we gonna come out now. I feel like they're from a like different age and stuff. Oh,
1: I feel you. Oh. I feel you 100. percent I feel like that when I put this show up because it goes up way after I'm done recording, and they all go up and all oh, in a yeah. row. And I'm like, wow, when did I say that? Like, when did I say that?
2: Like, me, when you get people commenting on the episodes, exactly. It's like, <laughs> you just I don't remember because even times too, because I do the I do the editing, but I'm doing that thing of like you're you're writing notes for the week ahead. You're watching those minutes, so you're in that mindset. You're editing something that you said 10 weeks ago, and then it kind of goes out of your head, so then the next week when those episodes are up, and someone quotes something back to you that you said, you're like, what did I say? Like, I don't remember. i have." I'm not in that headspace anymore.
1: That happened to me during Clerk's Minute, where it's like I I recorded months in advance, and the episodes are airing while we're still recording, and I'm literally (laughs) like, when did I say that? Like, were saying that at all? I know I edited this episode about ever saying that at all.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I've I've had to start now. Like, if there's any big points, it's like write write that down somewhere, yeah, in case someone brings it up to you. Like, we did talk about that at least, but. Uh, but yeah, so. yeah. so that's all available on any um, any podcatchers out there, uh, social media. We're on the Batman Listener's Cave and whatnot on Facebook, and we're on Twitter and Instagram and all that. So yeah, you, if you Google us, we, you will find us.
1: Yes, that's true. And um, for me, you can find us on The Five Money Ducks on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I post on Instagram a lot. Um, next week, we're going to have Tim Riker, a newcomer to this show, from Random Chatter. He's going to be coming over here, and he's going to be talking about the re- next part of the Iceland game. So that'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. So that'll be next week's show. Niall, thank you so much for taking time out. This is always fun. I always love sitting down and talking to
2: you. Oh, no, problem, it's always a pleasure, Blake. I'm, I'm happy to come back for uh, for, for, for DE3 <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> when, uh, when that pops up next year. <laughs>
1: Yeah, D3, which will actually be on Disney Plus. Don't get me started on that, but it will actually no be no. available for us next year. So so till so then, thank you all for listening to the show, and I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I love doing it. And I'll see you next week.
0: Have a good day, everybody. And when everyone says it can't be done, ducks fly together.